0: Coming up this evening, live from New York City. Inflation now the number one worry for Americans, according to a new poll. Whom are they blaming for rising prices? Some crude oil released from the emergency reserve reportedly went overseas. Instead of staying here in the U.S., the release was supposed to help lower gas prices. The Biden administration could remove tariffs on China as early as this week, Will it lower prices for Americans? Great to have you with us. Chenny Wu here for NTD Business. Inflation is top of mind for Americans right now. And most are blaming Washington for their current pain. That's according to a new poll by Monmouth University. It found that 57% said the federal government's actions over the past six months have hurt their family financially. That's a record high number. The poll found that inflation is now the biggest concern facing American families. 33% said it was their number one worry. That's a sharp increase from last year's poll. The second biggest worry is high gas prices. It also found that the number of Americans who are struggling financially has jumped by double digits. 42% now say they're struggling. Meanwhile, American drivers are getting a bit of a break at the pump this week, according to AAA. The national average for a gallon of gas is down 8 cents from last week, to $4.80. Analysts say that's due to lower demand right now. That could change soon, however, as July is usually the busiest month during the summer driving season. Right now, the most expensive gas in the U.S. is on the West Coast, in California, Oregon and Arizona. The least expensive gas is in South Carolina, followed by Georgia and Mississippi. As home prices continue to rise across the United States, mortgage debt has spiked too. And millennials seem to be paying more on their mortgage than most Americans. The average millennial, people born between 1981 and 1996, owes 11% more on their mortgage than the average American homeowner. According to an Experian report, the average mortgage owed by a millennial is just over $255,000. And millennials also have the second highest mortgage debt, just behind Gen X, people ages 42 to 57. Many businesses have struggled to stay afloat since the pandemic hit. And the childcare industry is no different. Now, daycare services are dealing with another blow, inflation. We take a look at how it's causing owners and parents to make tougher decisions.
1: At Kid Stuff Child Care Center in Baltimore, the cost of food, rent, power, and supplies is soaring. Angela Kadani has raised wages roughly 40%, but is still struggling to hire staff, with one classroom closed and her wait list growing.
2: We're
3: probably up between 30 to 35 percent for operating costs. That cost, too, is going to have to be passed along to our parents.
1: In all, up 30 percent. For some families, thousands of dollars a year. Programs nationwide are raising rates for the same reasons. It's happening everywhere. To keep the doors open, this is what has to happen. And it's going to continue to get worse. Inflation is just part of it. At least 15,000 programs have closed, with 11% fewer child care workers than pre-pandemic, leaving an industry with a median wage just over $13 an hour. Now many parents face longer wait lists and tuition hikes
4: because we just don't have enough teachers to be able to get the amount of
1: children that we used to have indoor buildings. Sean Toner owns Beach Babies in Lewis, Delaware, a child care desert. He's raising tuition eight to 10 percent this fall for the second straight year to offset inflation and raise teacher wages to roughly $14 an hour. I don't want to be that person that's driving away the parents.
4: You
0: go to sleep.
1: (laughs) Jessica Gebbia is a teacher at Beach Babies, and her five-year-old son comes here for daycare.
0: Most of my paycheck is going just to have him here, Um, and that's rough because now we have gas prices, food prices, everything's just going up and up. Many
1: mothers have left the workforce, part of a trend. As of May, women's jobs made up 88% of those lost in the pandemic. This is Jasper. Toen Zhang and her husband have struggled to afford childcare in San Diego, $370 a week, since her employer cut her hours in half. So she flew her sons to Taiwan to stay with family as she looks for a second job.
0: If I just quit my job and stay at home and, and watch my kids, maybe the whole thing will be easier for my family. I hate to say this, but this is true. And the reason why we're still struggling to try to pay for this day childcare, that's because I don't want to give, my, give up my career. According to Wells Fargo, the childcare industry has the greatest share of female employees, with women accounting for 96% of the workforce. The White House has taken some measures to try to bring down inflation. One of them is releasing oil from our emergency reserves in order to lower gas prices. But it appears some of that oil has gone overseas instead of staying in the country and being refined here. Reuters reports more than 5 million barrels of that released oil were exported to Europe and Asia last month. That's according to customs data and sources. Phillips 66, the fourth-largest U.S. oil refiner, shipped about 470,000 barrels to Italy. More cargoes also headed to the Netherlands, India and China. Some analysts say the oil release hasn't had a real effect on gas prices. Meanwhile, it's draining the emergency oil reserve, which last month fell to the lowest in 36 years. In an effort to fight inflation, President Biden could soon roll back some of former President Trump's tariffs on Chinese goods. A decision could reportedly come as soon as this week. That's according to Bloomberg and The Wall Street Journal. NTD's Jessica Beatty has more.
2: Amid high inflation, the White House says President Biden's team is looking at options on China tariffs. But Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre Tuesday said she didn't have a timeline for the decision. The president's team is continuing to look at our options uh, on how to move forward. Uh, as you know, for the president and President Xi had a conversation back in March, and we continue to leave all communications lines open from the president on down. President Biden's been looking for ways to combat inflation, meeting with, meeting with senior advisors over the past several weeks to come up with a solution. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has called for eliminating tariffs on household goods from China to reduce U.S. inflation. But that still wouldn't help with prices for food, fuel, and housing, where inflation hurts the most. According to Bloomberg, Barclays Bank said rolling back tariffs on Chinese goods wouldn't do much, calling it a drop in the bucket for lowering U.S. prices. Another consideration is China's unfair trade practices, partly why Trump imposed the tariffs in the first place. U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai wants to keep the tariffs for leverage. The Biden administration is trying to strike a balance between easing price pressures and keeping the pressure on China. Some Democrats and organized labor unions are also pushing Biden to keep the tariffs in place to protect U.S. jobs. Jessica Beatty, NTD News. More than
0: 400 requests have been submitted to the Biden administration to keep tariffs on China in place. And here to talk to NTD's Don Ma about the tariffs is an expert from the Hudson Institute,
5: Riley Walters. Thanks for coming on. So the Biden administration thinking of uh, removing China tariffs to try to fight inflation. Now these tariffs are on Chinese products like you know aluminum, steel, furniture, microchips. They're not really on food or gas price, uh, gas where uh, Americans are feeling uh, inflation the most. Now will removing the tariffs have that much an effect?
6: It really won't have that much of a meaningful effect. Uh, you know, we have tariffs on almost 400 billion worth of uh, goods coming from China, and the Biden administration, from reports, you know, they're thinking of removing tariffs on less than one percent of that. Uh, so, you know, it really would not have that much of a meaningful impact. Maybe bicycles can become a little bit cheaper, but as you said, you know, we, we don't really import a lot of food. Uh, we don't really import import a lot of uh, fuel from China either, and so. Uh, I don't really think it would have a meaningful impact where uh, you know a lot of American families are feeling it right now.
5: Do you think we should keep the tariffs or remove them?
6: Personally, I think we should remove them. Uh, I think we should remove them in full, though, uh, and really invest our efforts elsewhere, uh, especially when it comes to uh, you know enforcing our export controls and and sanctioning individuals when it comes to illicit activity, like, intellectual property theft, I, I don't really find that the tariffs have had any meaningful impact uh, on a number of things, whether it's moving production out of China, whether it's uh, making China live up to this, this uh, trade deal that we signed a few years ago. And so I don't really see them having actual any impact besides maybe those that are political. So maybe that's why Washington wants to keep them. But besides that, you know, economically speaking, they really haven't been um, uh, beneficial. I don't think to the United States.
5: Now, China's uh, unfair trade uh, practices—they're a real big concern. If we remove the tariffs, would that get worse?
6: Not necessarily. Um, You know, one of the arguments for the trade for the tariffs was to stop China's uh, theft of American intellectual property. Uh, you know, we haven't really seen uh, really a marked decrease in, in, in this. We haven't really seen, um, you know, these tariffs pay for the theft that China has been committing over the years. And so, you know, you can really make the argument the tariffs really haven't done anything in that regard. So why should we be keeping them in, in, in the meantime? I mean, some experts say that, you know, if we remove these tariffs, we could see a, a decrease of one to two percent. Of inflation for American families, and that would be significant, um, but you know it's it's really uh, I don't really think we should be k- keeping these tariffs if they're not really doing anything to begin with.
5: Now, one to two percent that is if Biden removes a broad range of tariffs now right. reports are saying he's not really thinking about that, right.
6: Right. So, you know, the reports that they might remove, you know, uh, again less than one percent of the tariffs, uh, it it's really it really isn't meaningful. You're really not changing much. You're not helping inflation. Uh, You're really helping, uh, you know, build this argument that maybe Biden is soft in some regards when it comes to China. It, It really seems like they're trying to appease everyone during this time. You know, it's this Washington mentality that we have to at least do something. But I think in this regard, uh, you know, they're really not doing anything.
5: Now, besides the tariffs, what can be done about China's unfair trade practices?
6: Well, you know, we can really, uh, you know, target those uh, entities and individuals that have abused the American system, that, uh, you know, have stolen our intellectual property. Uh, We have effective export controls uh, that we can place on China, which we have in the past when it comes to. Human rights violations, and you know, to argue that export controls haven't been beneficial. I mean, look at what's happened with Russia. Russia's industrial production has basically shut down because the world has has effectively imposed these export controls. And so we could do similar things with China, uh, especially when it comes to their bad practices. Uh, but you know, tariffs haven't been the effective way to do so.
5: All right, Riley Walters, Deputy Director, Hudson Institute. Thanks for coming on.
6: Thanks for having me.
0: Red states are doing better economically than blue states, according to multiple measures. According to Moody's analytics, they're attracting more people and adding more jobs. NTD's Colin Fredrickson has more.
7: Companies and people are flooding out of blue states and into red states, which are doing better economically, according to several key metrics.
1: This has been a time of unprecedented mobility for companies.
7: John Boyd is a site selection expert at the Boyd Company, which helps companies choose where to build their businesses. Boyd says... There's
1: been a great migration of business, of jobs, and of wealth to lower tax states in the Sun Belt. The amount of interest that our firm is getting from site companies and developers looking to do, to do new relocations or expansions, tend to be in, in pro-business states in the Sun Belt. You look at states like Texas and Florida and the Carolinas and Arizona and Nevada really being uh, big winners here.
7: Boyd says his clients are looking for states that have their fiscal houses in order, are not engaged in endless cycles of borrowing, taxing, and spending, have pro business regulatory policies, and enforce the law. An analysis shows that 46 million people moved in February, with Florida, Texas, and North Carolina gaining the most, and California, New York, and Illinois losing the most.
4: This is a victory for common sense economics that when you raise the price of living or working or having a business in one state and lower in another. Uh, All else being equal, we're going to see more people continue to leave.
7: Jonathan Williams is the chief economist of the American Legislative Exchange Council. Williams says other reasons include more lockdowns, Trump's capping of the state and local tax deduction, and the ability to work remotely. Colin Frederickson, NTD News.
0: Wall Street ended higher today. The Dow added 70 points or two-tenths of a percent. The S&P gained 14 points or four-tenths of a percent. And the Nasdaq rose 40 points or also four-tenths of a percent. The Federal Reserve released the minutes from its latest meeting this afternoon. Investors are trying to figure out how big the next rate hike will be. It seems like both a half percent and a three-quarter of a percent are on the table. The Fed's next meeting will be on July 26th and 27th. A relief for Just Eat Takeaway. Amazon is taking a 2% stake in the struggling U.S. meal delivery service Grubhub. It will offer Amazon Prime members the service for one year. Amazon announced the deal as part of its Prime Day promotion today. Customers will get free delivery on orders over $12 in the 4,000 cities where Grubhub operates. That will drive traffic to Grubhub, which has lost share to competitors as the lockdown-driven demand for TakeAway falls. Justy e TakeAway said the deal is expected to expand Grubhub membership and start boosting its cash flow from next year onwards. Top lawmakers on the Senate Intelligence Committee are asking the Federal Trade Commission to look into TikTok. The call for the probe comes amid allegations the social media company has made, quote, repeated misrepresentation on its data security practices the committee says a recent buzzfeed report on tiktok's chinese parent bite dance raises fresh questions about its privacy practices u.s officials have been concerned about china pressuring ByteDance to hand over data of u.s users they say that could pose a potential risk to u.s security so far no comments yet from ftc or tiktok on the committee's request In case you didn't know, companies are scraping your data from social media sites. Meta, the parent company of Facebook, is suing a Chinese company for data scraping. Entity's Sean Marshall has more. Facebook's
3: parent company, Meta, is suing a company called Octopus Data, the U.S. subsidiary of a Chinese tech firm named Shenzhen Vision Information Technology. Meta is accusing it of offering data scraping services for Facebook and Instagram, basically selling your public data, which goes against the company's terms of service. You know, everybody's been saying it, you know, the cloud is just somebody else's computer. I spoke with Nicholas Donarski, a former hacker and cybersecurity expert, for information about data scraping. I mean, in the case with with Meta, um, they're going after a legitimate business that is set up in these other uh, countries, right? Uh, That are uh, actually utilizing a account outside of their terms of service. Data scraping your public personal information is big business. From 2020 to 2030, the market size is projected to grow over 13% and reach $1.73 billion. The more that that we invite and, and we allow for that, that access to our inner lives in the public domain, the the more it's going to be a target. Donarski says you should educate yourself for protection. And remember, everything you put on the internet is forever. The amount of money to be made off your data continues to grow the industry and want for more data scraping and the software to do it. Sean Marshall, NTD News.
0: In the Netherlands, police fired shots at farmers who were protesting government climate policies. One tractor was hit, no one was hurt, and three demonstrators have been arrested. Police say the farmers were trying to get through a blockade. The Dutch government wants to make farmers use less fertilizer and raise fewer farm animals, which could run some of them out of business. This is a part of their government's plan to reduce emissions of certain gases by 50 percent before 2030. In response, around 40,000 farmers have taken to the streets for several days. They've dumped hay bales on roads, started bonfires outside buildings, and blocked supermarkets and distribution centers. The farmers say they're being unfairly targeted, while government officials call it an unavoidable transition. OPEC's secretary-general has died just a few weeks before he was due to step down from the job. Mohamed Pargindu, from Nigeria, had been at the head of the oil exporters cartel for six years through tumultuous events including the COVID-19 pandemic and Russia's invasion of Ukraine. He was 63 years old. Still to come, e-cigarette maker Juul allowed to keep selling products in the U.S. for now. It's getting more time to appeal the FDA's ban. United Airlines blaming the FAA's control system for messing up flights this summer. The transportation secretary disagrees. That and more coming up on NTD Business. Welcome back. E-cigarette maker Juul can continue selling its products in the U.S. for now. The FDA's ban is on hold while the order is appealed. The agency said it decided, quote, there are scientific issues unique to the Juul application that warrant additional review. In 2020, the FDA asked manufacturers of e-cigarette products to submit applications to keep products on the market. The agency's ban last month came amid issues with Juul's study data. There were also concerns its products were encouraging dangerous habits among young people. Juul Labs disagreed, and Juul products can remain for sale while a federal court reviews the FDA order and Juul's arguments. United Airlines is sounding the alarm, telling its staff there are more summer flights than air traffic controllers can handle and that the issue will contribute to more flight disruptions this summer. United's chief operating officer voiced his frustration in a memo to staff, saying until there are more air traffic controllers, they expect the U.S. aviation system to remain challenged this summer. He said the situation is especially bad in New York and Florida. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg met with the heads of airlines last month and said Tuesday that he disagrees. He says air traffic control staffing is not to blame for most delays and cancellations this summer. He says there are other issues at play, like airlines pushing pilots into early retirement. Over in Hungary, a small group of railway engineers are keeping their passion for steam locomotives alive. They're helping the state-run railway stay up and running by maintaining the old trains and they now take special nostalgia trips. Here's more, NTD's Andrew Thomas brings us there.
4: In a century-old workshop in Budapest, an old steam locomotive is getting some special attention. This giant maintenance shed was once a hive of activity. Now, just a few dedicated engineers are here.
3: WHOEVER WORKS HERE IN THIS WORKSHOP IS EITHER STUPID OR POSSESSED. THAT'S WHO WE ARE, WHICHEVER PHRASE YOU PREFER. BUT I FEEL WE ALL FALL INTO THE CATEGORY OF OBSESSIVENESS. AND WE ARE HERE PRECISELY BECAUSE WE LOVE THIS PLACE.
4: TO SOME PEOPLE, THESE WORKSHOPS ARE MAUSOLEUMS OF THE PAST. OTHERS ARE ALMOST REVERENTIAL ABOUT THE OLD MACHINES.
3: HISTORY IS THE FIRST THING THAT MAKES THE BEAUTY OF THE WORK FOR US WHO ARE HERE. I think it's really cool that in 2022, we will be working on repair on a vehicle built in
5: 1905.
4: The oldest engineer here is 80-year-old Miklos Naj. He started his career in this workshop in 1968. He says he can remember when the cavernous building was filled with a much larger and busier workforce.
6: Each phase of the work has had its own specialists people have worked in separate groups. There were people who only fixed the brakes, people who only worked on the brake cylinders or the bodywork. Every step of the process had its own master craftsman, but then time has passed by and just a few of us are
4: left. And Naj adds he can't imagine doing any other job.
6: These machines are just something that people have grown to love. The only thing I've learned is to fix these, I'd miss them and really, when you hear the locomotives whistle, your heart beats faster. For me, it was my whole life, the steam locomotive repair."
4: Hungary state railway company currently owns three working steam-powered locomotives, and it's offering enthusiasts special nostalgia trips to celebrate the railway's heyday. At its height during the 20th century in socialist Hungary, the workshop employed some 1,500 maintenance workers. Today, there are just 13 people working here. Andrew Thomas, NTD News.
0: If you have any news tips or feedback for the show, send us an email at business at ntd.com. That's the latest from the NTD business team and myself, Chenny Wu. You can still catch NTD evening news with Stephanie Cox at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. You can follow me on Twitter, too. For NTD Business, that's all for today. Thanks for watching and we'll see you tomorrow.